Cardinal Stritch University has held its final graduation ceremony as it's set to close at the end of the semester. It's Monday, May 22nd. This is Wisconsin Today. Good morning. I'm Alex Crow. Coming up, Sarah Lear reports on an ongoing strike of insurance and financial service workers in Madison. And I'll check in with WPR's Sean Johnson about the latest in legislative news. Stay with us. You know you can count on WPR for news that's important, music that makes your day better, and conversations that make you think. We hope you'll make a financial contribution to support the radio service you rely on. And in fact, we count on it. The single largest portion of our budget comes from listener support. If you're not a member yet, make a gift of any amount today at WPR.org. Thank you. Milwaukee's Cardinal Stritch University held its last ever commencement yesterday. Rich Kramer reports that around 240 students received their degrees in a bittersweet ceremony. After making final adjustments to their caps and gowns, the graduates walked single file into the Wisconsin Center Ballroom. Family and friends greeted them with thunderous cheers and applause. It was somber, too, when Bachelor of Arts graduate Gal Dahan told her classmates things will never be the same when Stritch closes its gates this year. As you are standing here today, brave and strong, we should remember that even if Stritch would not longer physically exist, it will always exist in our hearts, minds, Stritch President Dan Scholes announced in April the school would close after 85 years in Milwaukee. He said declining enrollment and a lack of resources created a no-win situation. Rich Kramer, Wisconsin Public Radio. Hundreds of workers are on strike from a Madison-based insurance and financial services company. Sarah Lear has this update on a contract dispute with CUNA Mutual Group. More than 400 employees represented by the Office and Professional Employees International Union went on strike starting Friday. They've been without a contract for more than a year. Union steward Joe Avica says issues including health care, remote work, and job security are at play. They'd rather pay flexible, temporary, non-benefited contractors to perform work in order to save money than provide good-paying union jobs in the Madison community. Union officials allege CUNA Mutual violated labor law when it fired Avika as retaliation for union organizing. But a company spokesman says Avika was let go for breaking data privacy rules. The spokesman says CUNA Mutual is bargaining in good faith. Sarah Lear, Wisconsin Public Radio. Wisconsin schools will lose millions of dollars in federal pandemic aid next year. A Wisconsin Policy Forum report found the state's largest districts are having trouble budgeting without knowing if the state will make up the shortfall. Jason Stein co-authored the report. He says Milwaukee Public Schools and Madison Metropolitan School District are planning to use money saved by not filling substantial staffing vacancies to help fund their 2024 budget. School districts as well as local stakeholders need clarity on is what the state is going to do with respect to schools. And I think that really provides then the basis for, for moving forward. Governor Tony Evers has proposed spending $2.6 billion on education, but Republican lawmakers have said they will reduce that substantially. A 
A federal judge said last week that he's unlikely to shut down Enbridge's Line 5 oil and gas pipeline on the Bad River Reservation. As Danielle Kading reports, that comes despite the tribe's fears erosion from spring flooding may threaten the line's safety. The Bad River tribe sought an emergency shutdown of the pipeline. The tribe argues less than 15 feet of riverbank remains in some areas near Line 5. U.S. District Judge William Conley said Thursday the tribe didn't prove an emergency exists. He also expressed frustration over the tribe's refusal to work with Enbridge on projects to slow erosion. Bad River Tribal Chair Mike Wiggins Jr. says he disagrees that there's no immediate threat to the line. We are talking about your average Sunday afternoon thunderstorm arrival, possibly blowing this area out. An Enbridge executive says the pipeline would have to be exposed 100 feet or more before it could rupture. The judge is expected to rule in the coming weeks on standards that must be met for him to order a shutdown. Daniel Kading, Wisconsin Public Radio. A proposal to limit where and when food trucks can operate in the city of Milwaukee will be voted on later this month by the city's Common Council. The ordinance says food trucks cannot operate downtown after 1 o'clock in the morning. It also says the trucks cannot park within 50 feet of most brick-and-mortar restaurants throughout the city. On the south side, it limits how many food trucks can operate on a given street. Miriam Gasila is a Milwaukee resident who lives on the south side, during a public hearing last week, she said several food trucks often park near each other in her neighborhood. She said that causes safety and traffic concerns. So I think with this regulation that they're trying to improve would help at least alleviate some of the congestions that is in that area. The conservative Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty has said if it passes, they plan to take legal action against what they call, quote, anti-competitive restrictions. Coming up after the break, I'll talk with Capitol Bureau Chief Sean Johnson about the ongoing legislative debate over how local governments are funded. Stay with us. If you've never given before, but you look forward to listening to WPR every day, that's a sign it's time to donate. It means that WPR is important to you, and you are important to us. We're listener-supported radio, which means we count on money from people like you to make the programs possible. Make your first ever contribution today at WPR.org. Thank you. Well, Wisconsin lawmakers and Governor Tony Evers, they're both on the cusp of passing a massive overhaul to the way that the state of Wisconsin funds local communities, but a rift among GOP leaders threatens to kill the proposal. WPR's Sean Johnson joins us to talk about the status of the plan. Thanks for joining us this morning, John. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me. So first off, when we talk about funding local governments or local communities, can you tell us exactly what that means? What's all entailed here? Well, in Wisconsin, we've historically called this shared revenue. It's basically just the the share of the state's money that it spends on local governments, that it shares with local governments. And so when we talk about this plan, the increased funding in the Republican bill would be spent on specific expenses like police, firefighters, emergency medical services, local roads. Local governments have been sounding the alarm about cuts to state funding for years, but it's been especially acute this year with inflation increasing costs everywhere, including in Wisconsin towns, cities, and counties. 
So we'll get to what they disagree on in a second, but first, it seems like GOP lawmakers and Democratic Governor Tony Evers actually agree on a few things about the outline of this plan, right? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, which has been kind of a surprise given how contentious Wisconsin state government has been under divided government, is that you have both Tony Evers and Republican lawmakers talking about sending a big chunk of money to local governments in kind of the same way. They both want to use 20% of the state's sales tax to fund local governments. And the benefit to local governments is that as that sales tax grows over time, they will get a share of that money. So that's kind of a big deal. Uh, And, you know, Evers had recently threatened to veto the bill because while some communities got big increases, others did not. Assembly Republicans went his way a little bit to make sure that every local government would see at least a 15% increase in his funding, with the notable exception of the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously Milwaukee's been a sticking point here. Milwaukee's been asking for this for a long time. So what exactly is going on with that funding for the state's largest city? Yeah, I would say that the the Milwaukee piece of this puzzle is where things get complicated. The bill that passed the assembly, authored by Republicans, passed by Republicans, would let the city raise sales taxes by 2%, would let the county raise its existing sales tax by 0.375%, but they both have to go to referendum first, and Milwaukee leaders are nervous about that because If those referendums fail, they face a fiscal cliff in the next year or so. They could have to lay off hundreds of police and firefighters. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue said last week that lawmakers in his chamber would likely remove that referendum provision. So they would let Milwaukee raise sales taxes without going to voters first. And that obviously did not go over well with the assembly when it's two chambers. So how is all that working out? Yeah, it definitely did not. You heard Assembly Speaker Robin Voss already say that Assembly Republicans were done negotiating. He said that right before the assembly passed its bill. And after Lebanon made his comments about the referendum, Voss said Assembly Republicans just wouldn't agree to that. They wouldn't pass it. So we got a little bit of time here left, but if there's one version passed in the Assembly and then one version passed in the Senate, what exactly happens then? It could leave us in a situation where you have all these leaders saying, we passed something to fund local governments and nothing happens because the Senate and the Assembly have to pass the identical bill to send it to the governor's desk. Uh, they're not there right now. And so that's why this Milwaukee stuff is so tricky. We'll see next month whether they can figure it out. Yeah, getting down to the wire with divided government in Wisconsin. WPR's Sean Johnson. Thanks a lot for helping us break it down. We appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. And that'll do it. Thanks for joining us for Wisconsin Today. I'm your host, Alex Crow. Our producers are John Davis and Bridget Bowden. You can always catch us wherever you get your podcasts every weekday morning. Of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.